So here's how this is going to run today. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've asked Pastor Jim to be first at bat today. All right, Pastor Jim is our family ministry pastor. And then following him is Miss Sue. And Miss Sue is the grease that keeps the wheels running around this place. Uh, she has served as our administrative assistant this past year. She's our kids ministry director. She's our cook. She does, if you need anything, she's the one you go to. Uh, we'll make this announcement. We haven't announced this yet, but Mandy Sheldon, wherever she is, there she is, is going to be assuming the role of the administrative assistant here at the church. So we're glad to have you on staff with us. She starts on Tuesday. Uh, Sue's not going anywhere. We've parked behind her and she can't leave, okay? But she's, she's going to continue all of her work in kids' ministry. And then as soon as Miss Sue is done, Michael's coming up. And uh, he's just as always up here. This is a guy's mind who I, I greatly appreciate. This is a worshiper at heart. And he has a brilliant mind and a great love for the Lord. So he's going to come up and speak right after that. And then he's going to lead us in one song. And after that, dad's up. Randy. It'll be Randy and then Dave and then Paul and then I'll wrap it up at the end. So sit tight. This ought to be really good today. You'll get to hear from all of the staff and all of the elders that help lead this church. And I think you're going to be encouraged when you walk out of here as to what God is doing among us and through us and in us. So, Brother Jim, you're up next. All right. Well, Pastor Todd said, if you didn't get a handout, there'll be a time. This is the time. You got about four or five minutes to mosey on back and get a handout, okay? No, um, do feel free whenever, but that's not what I had to say. But, you know, Jim, here's what I really had to say. You know, when Pastor Todd shared with us the idea that he had for briefly... Uh, giving a synopsis of what 2023 looked like for us. In a word or two, the words that came to my mind first were potter and clay. And who doesn't like to play with clay, right? I mean, come on. I work with kids. Some of them are older. Some of them are younger. Clay's fun. You get to throw it, eat it. What? No, don't eat it. You get to play with it. And if you ever notice, like, if you give a kid some Play-Doh, some people know what to do with it. They, they put their Play-Doh down there and they form it, and it comes out looking like Pokey or Gumby. You all know who Pokey and Gumby are, right? If you don't, Google it. Some of them, you give a piece of clay, and it comes out looking like Mr. Bill. And if you don't know who Mr. Bill is, it's okay. I'll explain it. He was like a little round thing. He had a face, and he got smashed all the time. He'd go, oh, no, Mr. Bill. Okay? And it just comes out looking like a glob of something, and somebody else over here puts together a masterpiece. And, uh, but why potter and clay? That's the question. Let's get back to the real thing. Why potter and clay? Well, the idea comes from the account found in Jeremiah chapter 18. And it's reinforced throughout other passages in the Bible, such as Romans 9. And in Jeremiah 18, God tells Jeremiah to come down to the potter's house with me and observe. 
And if you look at this particular chapter, he comes down and here's the potter and he's working the clay and, and pictured in your head, the wheels spinning, the, the hands are on the, the, the clay, it's spinning and it's, it's coming together well, but you know what, not all clay works real well. And having a little bit of an art background myself, I've watched people that have worked with clay and every now and then it just goes, like wobbles out of control, they smash it down, they throw it back in the bin and they grab another piece of clay. And Jeremiah 18, verse 6b says this. It says, just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hands, Israel. And that's, he pictures that throughout the New Testament as well. Like, here we are. He is the creator, and we're the clay. And he gets to mold us and to shape us. And I think, what a great picture of our creator God having the right to do with us whatever he desires. And let's bring it into a little bit of a, a scene that maybe we can identify with today. Um, think of the sculpture of David by Michelangelo. Would it be good for somebody watching Michelangelo sculpt David and say, I'm sorry, sir, but David should have had his hand pointed up to the heavens. Or even more observed, could you picture David, that stone, going, <clears throat> excuse me, sir, but I'd really rather have my hand pointed to heaven. Right? Not going to happen. We have the stone, the people around him have no right to do that. And in the same way, let's face it, we have no right to talk to God that way either, Right? If we're the clay, he's the potter. He has the right to shape and move and, 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 and mold us the way he wants. So let's go back to the metaphor of the potter and the clay. It can be interesting, like I say, to watch the potter sit at the wheel and work the clay. However, if we're watching from the clay's perspective, there is. There's a lot of, of pulling and shaping and molding and stretching that takes place. And as I look back over the past year, it seems to me that there's been a good deal of molding and shaping and pulling and stretching that I have faced as we've gone through those days. And, and not, my, not just me alone, but all the church leadership has kind of been in that position where we've been stretched in ways that we've never been stretched before. Um, and not that Todd is the clump that came out at the end, but I mean, let's face it, there was a lot of stretching that happened getting Todd to where he's at and the others not in the place that he's at. So, um, but for each of us in the room and as well as for those that are viewing online, uh, I know we all know that feeling. We've all been in situations where we've been stretched and pulled. Um, it can be uncomfortable. It can be scary. It can be unpleasant. Maybe the stretching uh, comes from a job change. Perhaps it was due to the loss of a loved one or simply just a life stage change. But in any, each and every one of those, it's usually uncomfortable if we boil it right down. So over the years, as I have wrestled with this and had those uncomfortable molding, stretching uh, phases of life, um, 
there were a couple of key lessons that seemed to always get flushed out in the process. Number one is that I need to trust God more. Just simply, I need to trust God more. Number two, I need to be content. Sometimes it's not easy to be content when we're being stretched, right? And you feel that, that pull and that tug, and it's uncomfortable, and, and, and to be content with that. Also, uh, see that I need to remember that God, He is the master craftsman. He's the one that has the plan. He's the one that knows exactly what He wants uh, to create in us, and I need to, again, trust Him more. But let's not get caught up just looking at the clay, because there is someone greater than the clay in the, in the illustration. He's the potter, the master creator. This is the one that, needs, that we need to continually keep our eyes on, and yet so quickly I allow my focus to be drawn away. I get into one of those situations, and, and my focus goes from up there to looking at myself, getting drawn into myself, into that, that lump of clay. Anybody else with me in this? You just get tied in and it's like it's all about me and not about him when it's really backwards. When our focus is on the right object, it doesn't change our situation. When I focus on what I need to be focused on or who I need to be focused on, it doesn't always change. And, and, and obviously, or honestly, it doesn't change my situation, but it does change my perspective. I see the one who is the master creator. He has his hand on my life, not because I have something of value that others don't have. No, he simply has chosen to work with me like a lump of clay that was drawn out of the clay bin. When, a, when an artist reaches into that bin of clay, he, the clay doesn't raise his hand and say, pick me, pick me, I've got so much more pliability. No, the, the artist just reaches in there, grabs the clay and slaps it on to the, the wheel and starts working it. I didn't have anything that I bring special to this, to this table. It was simply that God chose to work with me. And when I think about that, I think, wow, there's something to be thankful for, right? And no matter what goes on in my life, there's something to be thankful for. What is my responsibility as a clay? It's to be moldable and flexible, willing to be transformed into whatever he desires, willing to be the masterpiece he desired for my life that I might let the world know how great he is. Let's go back to Michelangelo's sculpture of David again. Do you think anyone who has ever had the opportunity to observe this sculpture ever said, wow, look at how beautiful that stone is? <laughs> like, that was a really nice piece of stone that he made that out of. I don't think so, right? What do they say? Wow, what a master artist created this sculpture. That's what my life needs to be. That's the goal of my life, is for people to look and say, wow, look at the master creator. So in conclusion, we need to trust God has a plan for us, knowing that he has our best interests at heart, and that he gives us the ability to do whatever he has called us to do. 
Remembering God is in control, he loves us, and we are his workmanship, created for good works. And the best way that we can do that is to take the focus off of us and place it on the one who created all things, allowing him to be the one who gets the praise and not us. And with that, I will turn it over to my loving wife, and she will dazzle you, I'm sure. She has good stuff to say, too. I don't know about that. And I will tell you that when, when I worked on mine, we did not read what each other said. So I sense a theme here, but it was not intentional. So this is a God thing. So anyways, um, over the last 15 months, um, God has taken me on a journey of following his leading to a new passion in my life. Um, it's been a journey of releasing responsibilities um, as God has directed me, uh, so that there can be space for something new, um, for me to pursue and invest into new things. It's been a season of being obedient and stepping out in faith, um, even when it's scary and the future feels uncertain. And as I said, I'm not going anywhere, so that's not what this is about. But um, as I have felt God's prompting and made these changes, there's several verses that have brought me peace. Um, the first set of them is Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24, and it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So our lives are full of lots of different seasons and opportunities, and I don't know about you, but it's so easy um, for me to fill up my time with so many things that are good things, but maybe not the best things for me personally, you know, for each one of us. Um, God wants to use different things in our lives, to, you know, as Jim said, to mold and to shape us. Um, we each only have so many hours per day, and we have limited energy to do the things that God wants for us to do. And often, the hard part is discerning what it is that God has for me to do. Um, how should I invest my limited time and resources? I can't do it all, nor does God expect me to do it all, okay? But I know he has a plan for me and for you. And I love that Psalm 37, 23 says that the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Sorry, I can't do this without notes. So, um, And if I'm spending time with God and delighting in him and knowing him and in loving him, then I know that he's going to direct my steps as I walk in obedience to the things that he shows me. And I have worked really hard over the last number of years to do a better job at taking care of my physical body, okay? Learning how to eat healthy and how to build strength in my body so I'm able to do the things that God wants me to do. I've built habits into my, my life that help me to do this. And my spiritual habits are even more important, and yet sometimes I don't work on them as hard, I have to confess. Um, I, as I learn to spend more time in God's word, in prayer, in memorizing scripture, and you would think that at my age, I just turned 59, okay? So you would think at my age that I would have this all figured out, but I don't. God continues to work um, to teach me to slow down um, enough that I have space in my life to get to know him better 
And for those of you, if you know me at all, you know that I'm a doer. <laughs> okay, so slowing down in order to invest time into my relationship with God and others can be really difficult for me. I'm used to doing things all the time. I'm one of those people who has always felt like I have to be busy all the time. Anybody else feel guilty when they sit on the couch at night? Yeah, yeah, I have that problem. Um, God is helping me change and slow down so that I can focus on what truly matters, but it's definitely been a process. So I look forward to this new year and all that God has planned. I don't know how God is going to use me, but I'm excited to be at the point in my life where I have the space to follow after a new passion that God has given me. And I'm trusting his leading in my life and that he does have a plan. I just need to be obedient and to be that clay. Um, so I hate it when people share things and that God has been working, but not, don't give you the specifics. Are you guys wondering yet <laughs> what God is leading me into? Um, in case you want to know, um, the new passion really is just about being a health coach for other midlife women and helping them get healthy. That's what it's all about. Um, so that they can pursue God and serve him the best way that they can. And the things that I've been releasing are part-time jobs. Um, jobs that I've been doing, administrative roles that I've had that I just don't feel called and have a passion to do. And the scary part is that along with those jobs, I've had to release income, which means we have less money to live in, okay? So that's always a scary thing. Um, but I know that it's God's leading in my life and it's what he wants me to do right now. In addition to the role that I still have here with the, the kids and the families here at the church. So how about you? Do you have the time and space in your life to be able to discern God's leading? Um, if not, what might you need to release so that you can free up the time to pursue your relationship with God and his plans for your life? Thank you, Sue. Yeah. I'll do mine from here with my guitar on for practical reasons and just because I don't really know how to talk without a guitar. I want to keep mine fairly brief. Uh, I want to start by reading one of my favorite scriptures, uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the, the words that I had for today were joy and peace. I wanted to focus on both of those words because, um, you know, we, we've actually spent some time with each of these words in the Christmas season, uh, but I wanted to, to re-highlight those uh, because I think that in this life, joy and peace sometimes are the, are the hardest to find. Um, the, the little things in life can often try to steal our joy. And some of the bigger things in life can, can try to rob us of our peace. So I just wanted to take a couple of minutes here uh, searching scripture to, uh, for, for, for each of these items, joy and peace, for where to find it and what it does for us. Uh, starting with joy, Psalm 1611 says, you reveal the path of life to me and your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. So, so there it is right there. In his presence is where we find abundant joy. Um, and now as for what it does for us, uh, a, a really well-known scripture is Nehemiah 8.10. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Now that word strength, the, the Hebrew word for that more commonly is translated throughout the Old Testament as stronghold or refuge or protection. Um, so there's just that idea of it being a protection um, and keep that in mind as we uh, examine peace. Where to find it and what it does, uh, it's both summarized really well by Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, which says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, there's, there's something to notice here. Uh, there, there's a bit of a, a similarity. Uh, going back to joy, you know, in his presence is abundant joy. We find it by spending time at his feet, uh, praying and worshiping. And similarly here, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, that's, that's spending time in, in thanking and praising him, and that's spending time praying and petitioning and presenting our requests to God. And then what happens after that? The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. So there again, there's that protection, that stronghold, that strength that we find in his presence. So if I have any one encouragement to offer us going from 2023 into 2024, it's really the most basic advice that I could give any Christian, but perhaps the most important, which is just to fall in love with his presence or fall more in love with his presence to set out with intention in 2024 to, to start each day just with an awareness that, that God is there with us and just to spend time thanking and praising him, worshiping him, and presenting our requests to him. And with that in mind, and also remembering that both joy and peace are fruits of the Spirit, uh, I want to close with the words of Jesus uh, in John 15. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. I'd like for us to consider truth today. One of the most meaningful, compelling, instructive studies that I've ever been a part of with our Connect group is called the Truth Project. So we looked at truth from the disciplines of sociology, psychology, philosophy, history, math, you name it. And after considering all that, if we ask, what is truth? Well, we're going to see that there are many definitions of truth, some even questioning if truth exists at all. And many say we can even have our own truth. But truth is what conforms to reality. Or you might also say reality conforms to truth. But if something is true, it's true for all people, in all times, in all places. And the problem comes up when one tries to establish truth apart from Christ. So we all have to take a side, make a choice. For most of us in this room and most watching from home, uh, I would trust that we share a biblical worldview 
So let's look at what the Bible has to say about God and about truth. So looking at some Old Testament teachings about God as truth, we see in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Psalm 1830 says, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. Psalm 86, 10 and 11, you know, actually just verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. So we're fortunate to have a creator that he's revealed his truth to us through his word. Knowing absolute truth is only possible through a personal relationship with the one who claims to be truth, and that's Jesus. John records this during a time when Jesus was teaching. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And John also recorded the words of Jesus as he prayed to the apostles, or prayed for the apostles, and he asked the Father, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So what's the truth about who we are? We'll see in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. 1 John 3, 2 says, dear friends, we are now children of God. So we've heard this throughout scripture. We're accepted, we're loved, we're saved, we're redeemed, we're God's children. But sometimes we, we fall apart and we lose it. We lose track of these truths. And here's what I mean. Three or four years ago, there was a song written called Lies. And you may not have heard it. I don't know that it was ever on the radio. But it starts like this. Right now, there's an ad on every TV in every home trying to sell you a fix for whatever's wrong. Some potion, some pill. Send your dollar bill. Right now, there's a drink over ice on a bar and a glass. Every sip will erase your pain, your past. Have another round, but some things are hard to drown. And first, uh, excuse me, the first chorus goes like this. I'm lost, I'm broke, I'm ugly, I'm old. Got an empty that nothing can fill in my soul. I'm dumb, I'm numb, I'm weird, I'm scared. Not pretty enough to be repaired. Can't win, can't change, all I do is fail. Can't put my crazy back on the shelf. Yeah, the cruelest lies of all the lives we tell are the ones we tell ourselves. So if we are beloved children of God, is that what we tell ourselves? Those things? Where do those lies come from? Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. That's the work of Satan, the devil, our enemy. And here's what the Apostle John says about him. John 8, 44, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, 
He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So I have a gift for you today. This, uh, this bookmark has been in my Bible for years. Uh, and so um, on one side, you have 33 scriptures that tell you who you are in Christ. And on the other side, one column has Satan's lies, and the other column is God's truths. And so um, we have, uh, there's a stack of these over here on this side of the platform, one over here, and there's some back at the Welcome Center. I would welcome you to take one of those and put it in your Bible or whatever book you're reading and, and use that as a reference when you get discouraged. Uh, we should have plenty, but if not, we can get more. These are courtesy of, of Chris Campbell and, and uh, Freedom in Christ Ministries, by the way. Oh, and the song. The song's written by a fellow believer in Christ. And so, as you might expect, it takes a turn. And the final chorus goes like this. I'm strong, I'm sorry, I'm steady, I'm bold. Got a faith and a fire that fills my soul. Yeah, it's okay to struggle, okay to be scared. I'm busted and broken, but I can be repaired. Can't win, can't change, all I do is fail. Yeah, that's what I used to tell myself. Because the cruelest lies of all the lies we tell are the ones we tell ourselves. Don't get caught up in the lies when the truth lives here, okay? Good morning, FBC. Those online, for those that don't know me, my name is David Sheldon. Been an elder here. We, uh, we tried to do the math when we were doing the pastor search committee. And uh, well, it's been since my son was in high school, when he graduated from high school. My son's 32 now. Mandy, is that correct? correct? 31, so it's been a few years, but it's been a pleasure to serve on this team. Um, what my heart was speaking to me today was uh, really a sermon on the body of Christ here at FBC, but Todd told me I only had four minutes, so I took notes like Sue did because I'll tend to ramble. It's from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses four through eight. Very familiar verse to most of us that have read through the Bible, but just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in, the, in Christ we are many. We form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, encouraging let him be an encourager. If it is in, in contributing to the needs of others, let him do so generously. If it is leadership, let him lead diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Uh, most of us that are familiar with the Bible have read this many times, but um, this year for me, I've really seen the body of Christ here at work um, at FBC, both in, in the four walls of this church, but also out in the community. Um, and as others have shared, it's been a really busy year for us to just really focus on what God has intended for FBC, um, we really had to get on our knees and pray and, and focus on that. And, and, uh, but 
to see the body of Christ in motion here at FBC has been such a blessing for me. Um, over the past year, I have witnessed and, and many have witnessed the body of Christ in action uh, within this body. We've seen many leaders step up to new positions um, in our connect group, a lot of new connect group leaders, uh, a new SALT team that leads those connect groups uh, with a new brand new covenant that we signed, a document that holds us accountable to what we do. Um, leadership has been a key and, and we've really witnessed that. Um, we've seen new families come through these doors every Sunday and um, it's been impressive and, and encouraging to see um, not only the elders, but those within the body help them to connect and feel at home here at FBC. And so I'd encourage you to continue to do that and think about the, the first day you walk through these doors and how you felt, um, new signage, all that helps. But man, it really is great to have a family reach out to you and invite you over for dinner or for lunch or just for a cup of coffee. Um, Another thing we've seen is a new prayer group gathering downstairs meets every Sunday morning. You've heard about it. Um, I think there's still room down there. If not, I'm sure Brian will pop in a, another seat, but uh, you can check that out at 9 a.m. downstairs to pray and encourage the life needs of this body. That's been such a blessing to see that work within the body of Christ. Um, we've witnessed the generosity of the body of Christ not only to the needs within the body, but also outside these four walls. And one example of that is the Christmas in my neighborhood uh, that we just completed to see the excitement of the families here and to uh, just hear the stories of people who were praying for friends and neighbors that they wanted to anxiously give that gift to and bless someone was um, really the body of Christ in action. And I think we'll see more of that in the coming year. I hope we really will. There's many more examples um, that I could give. We, we, uh, touch, we, we touch at uh, the Shepherd's Corner, the Clarksburg Mission, um, but um, those are just some of the examples. And if I missed you, I apologize, but there's so much going on here within the body of Christ at FBC. And um, I wanted to close just with uh, a challenge. I don't have a song. Um, I'm not a singer. But the challenge would be um, for us to be united in Christ. If you have not discovered your spiritual gift yet, I'd encourage you to do so. Um, reach out to one of the elders. You can reach out to your connect group leader. I think I, I might have heard there might be a study maybe coming soon about that. If you, if you don't know what it is, Let's try to figure it out together. If you do know what your spiritual gift is and you don't feel like you're plugged in, find a way to plug in. Um, you can talk to any of us as elders. You can talk to your connect group leader. There's, there's so many needs here and there's so much work that needs to be done, but it really is a blessing when you plug in and use your spiritual gift to, um, to just build up the body of Christ. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, next one is serve one another. Um, I think I was talking to Coach Marshall this morning as we walked in. It's really a, a team effort, right? We're, we're only as good as the team. So serve one another. Think of the body of Christ as a team. We must all work together to serve one another to glorify God. Um, 
And then the last one might be the, the toughest of all, but submit to one another. Um, submit to Christ, but to submit to one another. This uh, definitely could be the hardest. Ephesians 5.21 says, as one asked that God would help us to serve, uh, to help us to be teachable and have a teachable attitude and to be eager to learn and grow in our relationship with him. So I just close with those encouraging words. And again, if you think uh, Pastor Paul is going to talk about uh, spiritual gifts a little more, but if you don't know what your spiritual gift is and want to learn more, please reach out to us, and we'd love to uh, encourage you there. Thank you. So, as Dave said, um, a few weeks ago, Todd started talking to us about, about what this Sunday would look like and why we were doing this and why it was important. And one thing we failed to do um, was really sit down together and uh, get a good idea of what each other were talking about. But it's interesting as we saw the lineup how, how our topics really tied together. And Sue, I, uh, you caught me off guard back there. You really did because, um, yeah, similar changes going on in life. And uh, I don't... Uh, I don't wish to make this time about myself, but um, we, many of us, are going through transitional periods. Um, God may be leading us to use our gifts in different ways, maybe expanding our gifts, um, using gifts that we haven't used in previous roles. And how does that play out? What does that look like? Well, one thing we know for sure is Dave, you know, as Dave has pointed out in his comments, and as, we, um, as we've just spent this time so far today, God brings us together as a body of believers. And within that body, um, he provides different gifts, different strengths, different passions. So for about 25 years of my professional career, um, I was involved in adult education. And I would always hear the term spiritual gifts in church. And let's see a show of hands. How many of you find that term intimidating when, it come, when someone asks you, what is your spiritual gift? Be honest here. What is your spiritual gift? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult question because you start asking yourself, do I have a gift of prophecy? Do I have a gift of teaching or preaching or evangelism? Or, or what does that look like? In my professional world, I, I've had the opportunity I don't know how many, it's too many times to count, to facilitate um, an activity to help people find their strengths. That activity leads through a series of questions. Um, it leads through um, scenarios. And at the end, you find out what your strengths are. In my case, every time, every time, my top five strengths have to do with building relationships. You might be surprised to find out one of those is actually called woo. It says winning others over. <laughs> what does that exactly mean? I'm not sure. But if you've ever sat down and had a serious conversation with me, I hope you see the strength of care, compassion, interest in others. I hope those are the things that come through. Could that be my spiritual gift? Well, interestingly enough, my friends Ron and Gina um, started using 
a spiritual gift assessment tool that is available to all of you online. It's free. Um, you can find that at a, a website. So if you've got one of our new fancy FBC blue pens on you or anything else to write with, it's simply therealyou.org. Therealyou.org, no spaces, just therealyou.org. You can go to that resource and do just what I said, answer a series of questions, let the, let the, let the magic behind the computer um, give you some insight into what your spiritual gift may be. Now, do we put our faith in an assessment or a survey? No, we use it as an indicator. We use it as something to think about, something to meditate about, and something certainly go to God's word to assess. So as I mentioned, when, when I got here this morning and, and uh, received the little handout for today, and I looked at the first, the first passage um, right before me, Romans 12, 4 to 8, I looked at my notes and went, oh no. I've got the same passage that Dave had. Um, but fortunately, we can build on that. Out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's teaching uh, the church about unity, yet diversity within the body of believers. And he says, for just as the body is one and has many parts, indeed, the body is not one part, but many. But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So in looking back at 2023 and even the years before, FBC did a really good job of Sunday morning church. We did a really good job of, of the small groups that we had. We did a good job of kids ministry. I remember a period of time when we were really out in the community because we had some people that were gifted, that were called, that were passionate about community outreach. We've watched the personality, we've watched some of the, uh, some of the giftedness of DNA transition over time. And we are at an exciting new beginning. Not only have we brought Todd on board, who has brought his own set of spiritual gifts, um, not the part that you said you can sell anything, but the other parts. <laughs> he's, he, he's brought a vision um, for, for outreach, for growth, for reaching the lost. Again, not things that we didn't do before. They're not things that, um, that we didn't care about. They're just things that, as we expand, explore, and engage the giftedness that is within the body, the diversity of passion, of interest, of talent, ability, we envision what the future can look like. Todd mentioned next Sunday is, is, is about casting a vision. Um, what might develop in 2024, 2025, and beyond. It really starts here with, there are 207 of you in this room this morning, by the way. Um, it starts here with, with the 207 of you. And you identifying what your, what your strengths are, what your gifts are, where your passions are. It's seeking God's direction and how you might use that and then putting it into action. I think we've got a lot of people that are good with people. 
And yet Dave, every Sunday, is looking for folks to be greeters at, at the doors. As we fill up in here, last Sunday, and I made a note, we need people to help others find seats when they come in. Maybe that is your area of service. Maybe it is leading a small group. Maybe you do have the gift of teaching, exhortation, evangelism, discipleship. What might that look like? It's not too late to engage those gifts. If you've been sitting here for a while, if you have been part of FBC going, man, I just don't know where I fit in, but I love coming to church there. I like the music. I like the preaching. I like the people. But as we've learned in Romans and in 1 Corinthians already, we are part of the body for a purpose. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be his one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. What does that say about the gifts that we've been given? The strengths that we have, our passions, our interests. Do we use them for ourselves, which is what I sort of taught in the secular world? You take those strengths and you use them to your advantage, you, you use them to, to, to generate wealth, to, to advance your organization's mission, whatever it might be. But here we find that within the body, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. Going back to how Sue started her, her comments, um, I'm living this. Uh, I know uh, some of you saw the, saw, saw the uh, Facebook post this week. I am officially retired. Um, I officially begin work next Tuesday, or this coming Tuesday. Um, if I, were to, if I were to take the time to tell you the story, it would simply end with God has, God has carved out a path starting about two years ago. And we can even date it back to probably nine or 10 years ago. Started us down a path um, based on relationship that, uh, that has, has worked out. Um, I'll sh again, I'll share more with that later. But the interesting part is, once you engage your gifts in a way that attempts to bring honor and glory to God, don't be, dis don't be surprised, don't be discouraged when the enemy attacks from every possible angle. It is the subtle mind games that come into play. You may find yourself starting to identify a gift, put it into action, and all of a sudden think, I'm not good enough. Why am I doing this? This doesn't make sense. If that is you, as Dave said, please see one of us. We would love to talk to you about what that looks like. We would love to encourage you as you, as you not only identify your gifts, but you put them into action. And then, and then we build up and we bring glory to God through Christ Jesus in everything. Todd, it's all yours. So do we call you Elder Wu now? <laughs> <laughs> Only private. 
You're grateful for these men and Miss Sue and what they've shared with you today. These are your leaders. These are <clears throat> who God has placed in a place of spiritual leadership and authority in your life. I'm honored to be numbered among them. Years ago, I prayed and I asked the Lord to allow me to live with a maximum impact view. That I wanted every day of my life to have a maximum impact, not just to waste the day. And if my big idea for 23 and moving into 24 is simply this, that there would be forward movement. Forward movement. I thought about, and she's, she's not going to like me calling her out, but, but Miss Kathy... Your enthusiasm and your heart for OCC this year stirred me. And we're getting to hear some stories from the Christmas in the neighborhood and to Melody and Brian and all of the team that put that together. Those stories stir me. You know, some of the things with OCC, we won't get to hear those stories till we get to heaven but it was forward movement. Thank you for leading us in that. Christmas in the neighborhood is forward movement. You heard Dave talk about all of the ministries that are starting here and things that we're doing. That's forward movement. Miss Gina is helping us with a brand new uh, foster care ministry. Forward movement. And we go right on down the line. You're going to hear more about connect groups in just two weeks. That's forward movement. Serve teams, forward movement. Worldwide missions. Are you, are you seeing the theme? I purposely didn't gather our staff and elders together and go, I want to see what everyone is talking about and we need to talk about it collectively because I think the beauty of it is to see how God weaves a thread of unity and consistency among us as to what he's up to and what he's doing. So I give you a, a couple thoughts. Psalm chapter 32, verse 8, simply says this, I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give you counsel. I don't know about you. I needed that verse in 23. A major move out of Virginia to all places, West Virginia. <laughs> You know, when we started our pastoral search, I prayed to the Lord. I said, you know, I, I'll, I'll go anywhere you want to go, but if we can negotiate this, uh, the beach would be wonderful and no days under 80 degrees. And I felt like the Lord really heard my prayer. And then he said, West Virginia is the spot for you. And I have searched and there is no beach. And I had snow coming in here this morning. But here's what I love about this verse. Did you hear what it says? This is God speaking to you and to me. I will instruct you. God of the universe, sovereign being, who knows all and accomplishes all. He says, I am the one that will instruct you. And then he says, I will show you the way to go. Anybody wondering what God's plan is for you for 2024? There it is. 
I will instruct you. I'll show you the way to go. But my favorite part of the verse, my eye is on you. This week I got to sit and just hold Grayson, my grandson. And nobody else was in the room and my eye was just fixed on him. I thought of this verse. And then God says, and I will give you counsel. Folks, here's the truth. Spiritually, you and I are never standing still. We're either moving closer towards the Lord or farther away from him, but you're not idle. You're getting closer to him or farther away, but we're never standing still. I choose for forward movement, don't you? I want to look more like him tomorrow than I do today. My problem is is apathy. We get trapped in familiarity. We get trapped in the rut. We get trapped in sameness. And apathy is always decline and never forward movement. It's never spiritual growth. And when I talk to you today about forward movement, all I'm asking for is that you and I, as we press forward, and what all of our staff and elders have talked about, is that there would be true spiritual formation in our lives. True spiritual formation. It's the Romans 8, 28 and 29. I've spoken to you about this before. We know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. How many of you know that verse this morning? Are you grateful for that verse this morning? But why does that verse exist? It exists because of verse 29. For whom God did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. It is the prayer of these elders and staff that each one of us look more like Christ in the days ahead. That we don't stay the same. Because remember, you can't sit still. You'll either get further away from the Lord or you'll draw closer to him. So as I thought how I'm wrapping up 23 and I'm looking at 24, and I think it's good for us to do these things. I'm not a big resolution kind of guy, but I think it's good for us just to consider, Lord, what would you have me do? The clay on the potter's wheel, right? The openness to change. How will joy and peace really fit into my life? What am I going to listen to this year? And who am I going to listen to? How will truth really matter? And if you get truth right, I'll guarantee you this, you'll find service. You'll find a place to connect and a place to grow. And you'll do that through learning your spiritual gift. And isn't it interesting, all of that pushes us forward. I'm praying that the Lord would help me this year. Maybe these are your prayers as well to be a follower of Christ who lives surrendered to the only one that matters. Do I have a witness in the room? I want to be surrendered to the only one that matters. I want to be a disciple of Christ who makes disciples. I want to help other people look like him. I want to be a pastor who is faithful to the word of God and who shepherds well. I want to be a leader with integrity and vision. I want to be a husband who honors my wife and protects our marriage. I want to be a dad and papa 
I just love that. Who demonstrates love and is faithful in prayer for the next generation. And finally, I want to be a believer today who's not ashamed of the gospel, both in my community and around the world. I want to live this way. Are you with me this morning? Are you grateful for your church? God has called you here. God has planted you here. And God will hold you accountable for here. So as Luke 19 would say, put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Find your place of service. Give worship to the only one that matters. And let's push the plow forward. Father, would you do it for your honor, for your glory, and for our good? Would you make this community of Bridgeport and Clarksburg and the surrounding areas, would you make them different because of your love and your grace on display? Would your light, you being the light of the world, would be able to shine brightly because of the people in this room, the gospel that we preach, the gospel that we share in the lives that we live? Father, would you change us in every way and unleash us. Oh God, unleash us. That we might be about the Father's business. In Jesus' name, amen.